0: Have you ever wondered what it means to abide in Jesus? What is the abiding life? Today we're gonna to talk about that, what it means for you and your discipleship. So stick around. Jason, how are you doing today? I feel like uh, how you're doing is wrote all over your face. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware. Um you have a look of uh some fatigue. Please tell me how I'm doing. <laughs> well, buddy, let me tell you, you look awful. <laughs> You've been drug through a knot uh, hole. <laughs> a little
1: tired? It's a morning recording, so, you know, a little a little tired, but I'm a very excited for uh, what we're talking about today. Um I I know I know you are a little tired too.
0: You had a little friend with you last night. I had a couple little friends with me actually. That's true. It's First of all, I had too much iced tea last night. Well, that's a friend in a whole different way. So I couldn't sleep very well. I I used to drink coffee every day, a couple times a day, like caffeinated coffee. Now I seldom drink caffeinated coffee. And it seems like my tolerance has gone way, 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 way down. So now like a, a cup of, you know, it's a pretty, I'm going to tell you, it was a pretty modestly sized glass of iced tea, <laughs> unsweetened Arizona iced tea by the gallon. Mm. So cheap, so good. So caffeinated apparently. Because it did not let me sleep. Little did you know. And then finally I'm ready to nod off. And then I hear the sound that, you know, you know a mosquito has like a really high-pitched sounding wing beats. Like It's like, yeah. And when you've got like the calm stillness of night. Yeah. So I heard it like buzzing around. I Mm. leapt out of bed like a banshee. Because honestly, I got a lot of love for God's creatures. But... Uh, Who can know why on earth God created mosquitoes? They're just terrible. And I have a strict zero-tolerance policy on mosquitoes in our house. Like, if if you're in our house, I will not rest until you have been squished into total oblivion. Don't matter what time of night
1: it is. Don't matter if Joyce is trying to sleep. You are jumping around the room swatting that thing.
0: Yeah, so I got up and just totally miyagi that thing barehanded. Just grabbed really? that thing. Yeah. And with total brutality, I just crushed it. And <laughs> honestly, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after that, I slept pretty good for a while until Jude decided to wander into our bedroom and crawl into bed with us. I'm like, come on, bro. But
1: as you said, he was carrying his little pillow and just looked so cute. <laughs> yeah, so... he
0: brought his pillow all the way in from his room. So I'm like, all right, bud, come on over. Okay, cute. So, and you know how like a... We're really. I don't want to go too far on this tangent, but (laughs) um, kids, for their size, take up a ton of room in a bed because they like they'll end up laying sideways, all the flopping around. I don't understand the sideways lay, but that's what happens. It always happens. Anyway, so not the best night, but here we are, ready to talk about a a really good and important subject. That is what it means to abide in Jesus. Uh, We're over the next couple weeks. We're gonna kind of do some. How should we say? Kind of like loose leaf episodes. What are you looking at? I'm sorry, I am so distracted.
1: It looks like on your shirt right now that there's like a giant snake eating a straw man. It's a tiger. Oh, Dude, is that don't what it is? Get into it. I'm don't sorry. Know. Okay, I just I I got very distracted. Yeah,
0: it's there's a lot going on on this shirt. I get it. <laughs> okay, that was a test, and these, you failed these episodes. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna do some some uh kind of just one shot episodes, and what we're what I want to do is just talk about some of the commands that Jesus gives that um, you might not think about that often, or you might not understand very well. The, the uh, This abiding life is something that you hear come up sometimes in conversation, and I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, I don't know what that means. Does abiding in Jesus, what does that word even mean? What does that mean in practice? Um, <clears throat> that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about a couple more subjects kind of like that over the next couple weeks, and then we're going to get into some more interview episodes with some friends, uh, but today we're talking about what it means to abide in Jesus. Jason, please explain this to me and to everyone else listening. Yeah,
1: as I said, I'm very excited to be talking about this because th- we are getting to dive into one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and oh, really? just this idea of abiding. Yes, it hmm. is. And uh, so to abide, it's just a quick definition of abide, it, it just means to stay or, or or to continue or to dwell. And so what we're talking about here is that Jesus taught that believers were meant to see their relationship with him as a permanent arrangement, as an abiding arrangement, staying and dwelling and continuing. He didn't—I I have three quick little points here, and then I'm going to comment on them. Point one, he didn't call people to a transactional conversion moment, but to a life lived in the kingdom of God and in fellowship with him. Point number two, the abiding language reminds us that the man— that. That man was not made for a single experience with God, but rather for a full and abundant life over the long term. And then the third minor point is a friendship with God may begin in a moment, but it must be cultivated for a lifetime. This is one of the key differences between being a believer and a disciple. Now, what what do these three points mean? What are we talking about? Is this It's this idea of... of 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 being with, it's not an idea of a a one time. Hey, I believe in Jesus. I'm I'm done. That's my you know. I don't. It's you know. Good to know you. I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> it's it's this idea of creating a permanent, infused, indwelled, abiding relationship with jesus it's that this is the whole point of this idea of spending time with him every day it's the whole point of what it means to obey and to follow him it's the whole point of romans 12 2 uh uh, being renewed by the transforming of your mind it's this idea of of being abiding (laughs) for lack of a better term with jesus it's literally that connection and in, in in john 15 What I was talking about is one of my favorite passages, sums this up beautifully. John 15, 4 through 5 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. This is the theme verse for our retreat ministry and in mm. it's in it it is that because the idea of being out on retreat is learning about s- Something specific, like rest or mercy or beholding, and then spending time just alone with God. It's the idea of setting aside all of my to-dos, all of the busyness of life, Mm. instead just saying, Lord, I want to just sit and be with you. I want to sit and abide with you and you with me. Mm. It's It's that
0: acknowledging of that relationship, and that's why I love this passage so much. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the big theme of the day is going to be this cons- this idea of permanence. Like Jason said, you know, it's it's this abiding language means to stay, to continue, to remain. So permanence is kind of the 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 kind of the big focus for today. That it's not just a, uh, a you know. I I think sometimes we think of Jesus. Jesus Jesus is the one who gave us this this picture of being born again. Yeah, uh, John chapter three. He's talking to Nicodemus. He says, "You got to be born again." Um, And Nicodemus is like, what the heck does that even mean? Like, what am I supposed to, you know, reemerge from my mother? Um, But of course, Jesus is meaning something, you know, a little bit more transcendent um, and something spiritual. But I think sometimes we get this picture that Jesus's involvement in our lives has to do only with salvation, with turning to him for the first time. It's almost like Jesus is the doctor that's delivering the baby, and then once that baby goes home they never see each other again. Yeah. like That's yeah. just the end of it. Like, yeah, you're going, Thank sayonara, you. Yeah. <laughs> have a great life. Uh, <laughs> and like you said, like, see you in heaven. <laughs> uh, but that is not, that, that, that's not at all the picture that Jesus um, wants us to have of him and, and his relationship to us. And, and that takes us to this, the second aspect of abiding that I want to f- kind of focus on for a second. That, that comes right out of John chapter 15, those verses Jason just read, four through five. <clears throat> and I want us to notice that Jesus speaks with language of mutuality. Uh, he he uses the terms "abide in me" and "I in you." Yeah, that "and" is right important there. Yeah, and and by mutuality I mean uh, coming f- coming from both sides. That both sides are involved in this. It's as if Jesus is saying, "You stick with me; I'll stick with you. We're in this together from now on," and that's the permanence idea. That from now on, you and Jesus are in this together. So Jesus doesn't just, um, he doesn't just secure salvation, but he's also making a uh, what I think is actually a huge personal commitment to his disciples, not just willing to sacrifice his life for them, though that would still have been way more grace than we could ever deserve, but also a willingness on his part to abide or join himself to his disciples for a long-term process. So it's not just us abiding with him, like we're getting on Jesus's bus or something like that. It's Us abiding in Him and Him promising to abide in us. So the the bond that Jesus is looking to form with His disciples is one, as I've already said, of permanence and dependability. It's a durable, long term commitment. It's not it's not transactional. uh, It's not it can't be summarized in a single moment. It's an everlasting partnership with a mutual commitment, a new covenant, so to speak, a covenant between God and man. That's that's sort of uh, that is sort of shown. Um, palpably through Jesus and the life that he lived, the sacrifice that he made, and so on.
1: And a super easy way to say it, it's sticky.
0: It's sticky. What do you mean by that? that it Please sticks. Explain. Oh, yes, like, yes, yes. You know, yes.
1: You're, he, you were sticking to each other.
0: Yeah. It's not a rubber glue situation. It's a glue and glue situation. It's a glue and glue. <laughs> I'm glue, you're glue, and everything <laughs> we say to each other... Uh, never mind, the metaphor breaks down there. Uh, anyway, this is why... Um, this is why the New Testament well actually it's Old Testament too it's not just new testament the The metaphor of marriage between Jesus and his and his church is such a strong one and 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 yeah, I corrected myself there because that's an Old Testament picture as well. Um, God is very often comparing uh comparing Israel to a bride mm-hmm. and you know God acting as husband Israel as bride. So this metaphor works really well because it's a mutual commitment over the long haul. Just as we've been saying, life with Jesus is more than just a moment. Um, just as you know, for example, my life with my wife Joyce is more than just our wedding day. You know, the wedding day is just kind of a blip on the radar. Looking back, do you even do you remember much of your wedding day? You know, they say you just forget
1: so much. I remember of it. highlights, but I don't. I don't remember like like a then yeah. b then c then you know.
0: I just remember right. oh I did this then this happened. Yeah, and pretty something sure like we this. did get married. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's easy to forget that stuff. I don't know why it is. I guess it's just such an emotionally charged day that you're... it's I'm convinced it's because it's so exhausting. Mm.
1: Like yeah. it's just so it's it's so exhausting. We were so tired yeah. at the end of our wedding. And you know, because you're out because you know, the first half of your day is spent getting ready and doing all the yeah. prep. And then the second half of the day is not just the wedding itself, but then it's it's going and talking with everybody. It's the party. Right. it's the day, it's it's and you're just and uh, everybody's wedding is different yeah. we had quite a few people at ours so we were literally going and saying hi to everybody all the family that came from
0: afar and yeah. you know making sure every, you know and so <laughs> yeah it's it's like sensory overload it for is for sure but you know of course a wedding is not a marriage they're not yes. they're not the same thing so just like a just like a marriage begins with a wedding so your relationship with Jesus begins with a moment of turning turning your heart to mm-hmm. Him. Um, but that's that's not what the entire life is made up of. So, yes, the abiding life can begin in a moment, but it's made up of endless moments to come. I I, I like what uh, Brandon Bathour said on the show. Maybe he said it on the show? I think he said it on the show when we did the um, uh, Not Your Sunday School, Sunday School Jesus, Jesus. Uh, series. But he talks, he says this in Class 201 sometimes too, which I really like. He's, he said it's not just about the first yes that first yes is important the first yes to jesus is important but it's but it's about all the yeses that come after it's that i keep saying yes to jesus that i keep walking with him just as it wasn't just my my the day i made my vow to joyce that was important it's every day since that i've kept that vow and i've upheld that vow with my actions and all that kind of stuff my loyalty to her i
1: think what's nice when you're talking about the mutuality of that is god is faithful Right, so his he he his is always a yes in some sense. It it might not be in the sense that we want a yes, but but he is faithful to us. He is not going anywhere from in that relationship. Right. So it's just it's our duty to hold up our end of that relationship of uh, of that marriage, if you will, using that metaphor. Right. And um, in responding yes to his yeses, yes, 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 his commands, as we're going to be talking about. Um, they they are yeses hmm.
0: to us, and we need to respond yes in return to that commit. Like, mm. anyway, that's really good. Yeah, God has begun a work, and He's faithful to complete it. Yeah, yeah, we know He'll do that. But the we're the wild card. <laughs> we are the wild, We
1: are the variable in this relationship. If anything, is gonna,
0: if the wheels are going to fall off, it's going to be on our. Yeah. it's going to be on our <laughs> side. Um, uh,
1: another great element of this is, is that Jesus says that a binding in Him is the. Only way for a person to bear good fruit. Jesus likes to use agricultural mm. um, uh, metaphors. Maybe who does? You've realized this. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, they're not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> not so, much of a farmer, are you? Not much of no, no. Me don't either. got that green thumb. But um, so so he uses this agricultural. Mm a metaphor in talking about the vine and the branches, as we mentioned in John 15. Um, and he, he compares himself to the vine or the stalk and, and describes the disciples as the branches, which are the fresh shoots sprouting from the vine. And he makes this common sense point that hopefully is is probably evident to anyone who's reading this passage or is listening to this, that a branch— can only produce fruit if it remains connected to the supporting vine or stalk. Literally, if you have a branch that is cut off and is on the ground, it is either dead or dying. It is no longer connected. You, it, It's not getting any of the nutrients or whatever to sprout anything. Yeah. If it does, pick that thing up and save it because it is... Magical, <laughs> yeah. It's like Moses' staff. <laughs> like staff. It's like Moses' staff. It's changing of its own accord. What is happening?
0: Yeah, just look at what happens to your Christmas tree come <laughs> this December. Well, if you have a real Christmas tree, like my wife always insists on wasting money on a real Christmas tree. I but. do not have a real Christmas tree, and it's beautiful that we
1: can just box wow. it up and use it each year. Um, That's in this, the magic
0: of synthetic <laughs>
1: pine needles. I love it in the same way. So in in this same way. Um, as the vine with the branch, no disciple can produce fruit without remaining connected to Jesus. If we disconnect ourselves, if we do not abide in him, then we cannot bear good fruit. It's just, that's, that's how this works. Yeah, it's not a very hard metaphor. It's not a hard metaphor. You should get it. No branch can bear fruit out of thin air, as we were just talking about. It can do only so with the nutrients that are delivered by the vine, or in this case, by Jesus. He goes so far as to say that apart from me, you can do nothing. Literally, he says nothing. He does not say you can do less. He does not say you can get a bud of fruit. Mm-hmm. He does not say maybe you'll even just produce the rind. No, <laughs> he says you can do nothing. So th- this, calls, this calls the outcomes of human wisdom and ambition Into question, right? Because skill and talent and power and all of those things are, they are all neutral and can be helpful assets. But as Jesus says, if a person does not live in accordance with his way of life, everything that he or she accomplishes will amount to nothing in the end. Just think about that for a second. You can do amazing things. You can have all sorts of talents and skills and be super ambitious and super productive, but if you are not connected to Jesus, if you are not using his power in obeying him and doing his will in it, then literally it amounts to nothing in the end. And that's just a frame of mind that we need to take hold of. It's a frame of mind away from the worldly and to the godly. It's a frame of mind away from the things of the flesh and things that that are seen as successful in this earth and on this world, and the things that God sees as successful and worthy and important. And bearing fruit is not the same as abiding in Jesus. It is the result of abiding in him. Let me say that again. Bearing the fruit is not the same as abiding in Jesus. Those are two separate things, but one is the result of the other. Abiding or abiding Him in him leads to bearing fruit, leads to the good fruit. If we remain interlocked with this way of life, then fruit will naturally grow in our lives. We don't need to strive. We don't need to toil. We don't need to, you know, to squeeze our muscles and go, ah, bear fruit, <laughs> and just And a little little grape. (laughs) Ah, Hey, all right. Um, No, it will come naturally from our lives. That's a promise of Jesus, right there. Jesus will produce the fruit if we remain connected to Him. Now, you might be asking yourself, what kind of fruit is produced in my life? Guess what? It's not grapes, Um, (laughs) unless you try really hard and you sprout a grape. Jesus said that each tree is known by its fruit. And he says that in Luke 6, verse 44, if you were wondering whether you are abiding in Jesus, begin by examining the output of your faith. By that, I don't just mean what you do for Jesus, such as spiritual habits or ministry work or evangelism, etc. I am referring to character traits like humility and kindness and mercy, like the fruits of the Spirit, right? The kind of traits that Jesus embodied. Is the fruit of the so ask yourself, is the fruit of the spirit becoming increasingly plentiful in your life? Are you noticing these attributes, these these fruits, these characteristics being more evident in how you are living? And if or if not, then it may be time to come closer to Jesus and abide in him. John 15, 9 says, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. It's rooted, if you will, it's <clears throat>
0: rooted in God's love for us. Yeah, this takes us on to the next uh, little aspect of abiding that we want to cover, and that is one way that Jesus commands us to abide in him is to abide in his love. This abiding language is used in a few different contexts, referring to a few different things. So, he, you know, he, we've already talked about the abide in me and I in you so that you will bear fruit. Now he moves on to abide, this idea of abiding in my love. And so, you know, natural question is, what does it mean to stay or continue or to dwell, to abide in the love of Christ? I think for one thing, at, at surface value, it's uh, probably pretty clear that it means we ought to remain mindful of his love and devotion to us. That Jesus is, he's deeply committed to our long-term ultimate well-being. Like Jason said earlier, it may not mean that God is going to give us everything that we want at every, you know, every whim that that comes into our mind or into our life. But what it does mean is that He is going to bring to pass the things that He knows are best for us, and we can depend on Him for that. So abiding in His love means living each day in recognition of His attitude of love and affection toward us, um, and of course, that enables us to walk confidently in life because we know that God will meet our needs along the way that he will take care of us. And Jesus teaches on that all the time. He he he's constantly telling his disciples, Don't be afraid, little flock, because it takes it, it gives the Father great pleasure to give his kingdom to you. God wants to give good gifts to his kids. He wants to make sure their needs are met. Um and that is a that is a confidence that we can walk in because the love that he has displayed to us. And using an illustration. Yes. I'm thinking of
1: this on the spot, so tell me if it's bad. I will. It's like if you're saying, God, I, re- I, I really want that, that GameCube. Mm. I really want that Nintendo GameCube. It's going to be the best. <laughs> and God
0: says... So the year is 1999. And God says,
1: mm, you know what? I'm going to get you an Xbox. Now, trust me on this. You may <laughs> want the GameCube. Trust me. The Xbox is ultimately better <laughs> for you.
0: Well, who can deny that? <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Or like the the Dreamcast. I was the debating Dreamcast.
1: between GameCube and Dreamcast. <laughs> when I was both thinking great. About this illustration, both a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> well, it, I mean, you're you're definitely hitting something on the head, which is that sometimes we, I do this all the time still because I get frustrated about you know areas of life that I wish would progress a little bit more or whatever. Um, and we always have a tendency to to start uh, sliding back into the transactional life with God. Yeah, I even see this in my daughter. Like the, So, I, I, I'm thrilled that my daughter likes to pray often. Um, but one thing that we're having to work with her on now, she's six years old, is that prayer is about a lot more than just asking God for whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, like the other night, we were driving home from somewhere, uh, from my mom's house, I think. All four of us are in the car, the kids are in the back. And um, the kids are... Just goofing off, they're hyper because you know, they go to Grammy's house and they get full of sugar. So now it's like one of those crazy Whole new
1: set of toys, things to play with. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. it's but then it's a manic drive home because they're sugared <laughs> up, even though it's late. And uh, there's some clouds out, and they're goofing off, talking to the moon. Like Emmy and are, or Emmy and Jude are like pretending the moon is their friend, and they're like, "Come <laughs> out, friendly moon!" Blah blah blah, kid stuff. <laughs> well, then the moon gets hidden behind some clouds, and they're like, "No, we lost our friend." Yada yada yada. And, um, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, and Emmy just goes, "Dear Jesus, please make our friend the moon come back out again." <laughs> and, uh, and and this is kind of what her what her conception of prayer is at the moment is, if I'm if I'm stuck and I want something to happen but I don't know how to make it happen, I'll pray about it, which is a legitimate way to yeah. pray at in the right time and with balance. But you know, I've I've kind of been having to explain to her, you know, there's a lot more to prayer. That prayers about talking with God, communing with God, not just it's asking not just for a what list you of want. requests, yeah. exactly. Um, and I've kind of explained well. And I'm trying to help her understand, like, okay, well, sometimes God will say no to our prayers, and there are good reasons. You know, mm-hmm. for example, she's like, "Why can't he just move the moon?" <laughs> so I literally was like, "Well, if he moved the moon, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, please
1: tell me you talked about tides." And I actually did just... talk about tides there a little go. bit,
0: okay. but I, I wanted her to get this picture of like God is God is managing things at a higher level. Yeah, God, God is is doing a complex work in the world at any given time, and that. Well, sweetie, if God answered your prayer, it would
1: literally destroy all of humanity. We'd all in die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get into that, but.
0: Yeah, I was trying to explain to her that there's a bigger context to our prayer life and that there's 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 more to prayer than just requests. Okay. Anyway, Pastor Rick, we're talking about abiding in Jesus' love. We've gotten off track there. But Pastor Rick teaches that the, the first thing that a person's got to do if he or she wants to have a relationship with God is to receive God's love. Not to love God, but to be loved by God. That our first job as humans is to be loved by our Creator. First John 4.19 tells us that, <clears throat> that we love each other because... He first loved us. So there is a, there's a sequence to this. God loves us first. We love him back. We reciprocate that love, but there's a chronology to it. And it tells us that another way we can abide in Jesus is by showing his love to other people. In fact, just a few moments later in John 15, we've read a, a bit of John 15 just a few minutes ago. A little bit further down in verse 12, Jesus transitions and, and he commands his disciples to love one another. He says, just as I have loved you. So as branches connected to the vine, we've got to let the love of Jesus flow through us freely. In fact, the Apostle John tells us that a failure to love others is a clear-cut sign that we actually don't know God at all. That, that if, if we claim to know God, but we don't show love to others, that we don't know Him at all. 1 John 4, 7-8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who is a child of God uh, anyone who loves god is a child of god and knows god but anyone who does not love does not know god for god is love so john's point is that love is an essential part of god's very nature it can't be removed from god and it can't be removed from the life of the believer if you leave out love you're leaving out god as well that that's that's john's logic here so if we miss that 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 aspect of of Christian life, that is the, the, the in ingredient or the centrality of love, we've missed everything. You haven't just missed a piece, you've missed it all, because love is at the core of who God is. Uh, John eight thirty one through 32 says, So John was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue, and by the way, this word continue, this is the NASB we're reading from uh, in this case, but um, that's the word abide. It's it's from the same Greek meaning uh, meaning called meno, which just means just like we've said to stay, to continue, to abide. He says, "If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Again, that's John eight uh, John eight thirty one through thirty two.
1: Okay, so what this is leading us to is is learning that if we want to abide in Jesus, it means that we must live. By his commands, it's 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 not it's it's literally. In a, it, again, it can be confusing, and sometimes we can get defensive of saying, you know, don't tell me what to do or whatever like right. that. But it's, or it's not about rules; yeah. it's about relationships. Exactly. But what but this is really talking about is is Jesus is teaching his commands are a are the best way of living. He is saying, do this because. I, I know what it produces. I know what this leads to. Mm-hmm. So when we are talking about obeying His commands, it's literally it's choosing to trust and follow Jesus. It is impossible to be a disciple and live an abiding life in Him without conforming your life to His commands and the example that He set. It's it's literally it's choosing Jesus or it's choo- or it's not choosing Jesus. It's literally choosing the way of Christ or it's saying. Or it's saying, I want to do my own thing, I want to do things my own way. Hmm. It requires that that idea of conforming. This is not about legalism it's about transformation. And the commands that Jesus gave are intended to aim us toward a good and whole life in the kingdom so it's it's not just say it's it's not just a bunch of rules that we are forced to follow because he is the ruler and and so, and, and just makes these rules on a whim. It's not a, because <laughs> I said are, so situation. His commands are, exactly. It's literally saying, it's, it's trust me. Right. I am faithful to you. Be faithful to me and trust me. Yeah. Remember, as it, it, we discussed this at length in the parable series, that the kingdom of God was the dominant theme of Jesus' teaching and ministry. And by issuing commands, Jesus shows us how the kingdom of God works. He... <laughs> He's saying these commands will teach you what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom and a member of his family. His commands illustrate God's character and what a good life really is according to our Creator. It's learning what it's learning what and how God thinks. It's and it's there's something that's so beautiful about that. So this is why having a daily quiet time in reading the Bible and seeking God in prayer is is so important, because this is how we keep ourselves in alignment with Jesus. It's that vine-branch relationship. Mm-hmm. It is listening to Jesus. It's reading his word, seeing what he says about anything and everything, and, and saying, I need to follow suit. I... I I need to follow that. I need to obey that. I I, I need to do that because Jesus leads me to that abundant life. Jesus leads me to that, quote, "a good life, that John 10-10 life that we've talked about so much. And so by obeying him, by following what he says, and by living by his commands, that leads me to that. You can believe in Jesus— Without obeying his commands, but you cannot be a disciple if you do not obey his commands. Notice the if then the logic of, of Jesus' words in verse 31, uh, which Doug had just read. It's this clause. It's the if you continue, yeah, yeah. Then if you, you are truly my disciples. Yes. This clause, this if-then clause implies that the inverse is true as well. If you do not continue in my word, you truly are not my disciples. Now, now might be a good time to ask yourself, is there a command of Jesus that I am disobeying, ignoring, or rejecting? Or even ask yourself, do I even know what Jesus says to do? Yeah. Do I even know all these commands? Now, we're going to be talking about a bunch of them, but it's it's so it's prudent for us if we if you are a disciple of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have made him Lord of your life, then you need to go back and see what he says, right so yeah. it's it's it, and that's that's where quiet time comes in and just spending time in his word, spending time talking with him, even if there's stuff that you don't understand, ask him quite the Lord, help me understand this
0: better. Mm-hmm. I'm confused about why. You would say this, or what this means? Yeah, and, and and get advice from people too who are a little bit further along in the journey than you. you yeah. know you can talk with somebody who's who's been walking with Jesus a little bit longer, who knows the Word a little bit better, and can help speak into your life with some perspective and and uh, uh, kind of the, help impart the mind of Christ to you um, by just having some good, healthy conversations. All right, let's uh, talk about duels. This week, we're not going to overthink it. We're not going to um, get too um, fancy with our doables. The abiding life in Christ does not come by some high-minded philosophy or like complex schemes and processes. It's simply about practicing the fundamentals, just getting back to basics and doing the simple disciplines that will produce growth and health for you. So here's your assignment this week. You're going to do a quiet time tune-up or a quiet time startup, depending on where you are in that process. This week, uh, we're going to abide in the Word and start or improve your daily quiet time with God. Here's how I want you to do that. If you uh, have never uh, kicked off a quiet time or have never been consistent with your daily quiet time, I'd like you to go back and listen to episode 63 uh, of the podcast, uh, called "Let's Hang Out with God," and in that episode, we actually take you through a step-by-step sample quiet time, basically saying, "Here's how a quiet time works." And we're actually going to do a quiet time together. That's actually one of our video episodes too, where you can actually see Jason and I and and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So if you want to check that out on YouTube, episode sixty-three, you can do that. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, but if you've never started a quiet time, that episode will walk you step by step through your quiet time. If you already have a relatively consistent quiet time, that's that's great, but I still would encourage you to take this doable step for the week. Go and listen to that episode again because what I've noticed with my quiet times is they tend to kind of like they sometimes tend to kind of degrade over time where they start becoming imbalanced, and it'll pretty soon I realize like I'm really just cracking up my Bible, reading a chapter, and then mm-hmm. moving on with my day. I'm not really going through this the developmental steps of a healthy quiet time, and I suspect that that's probably the case for a lot of you as well, even if you've got a relatively consistent quiet time. You probably need to tune that thing up. So I'd like you to go back and listen to that episode or watch that episode and either start a quiet time or improve your crusty old quiet time that you've been doing and um, and begin to improve. See improve, some change in improve that. Improve your crusty old quiet time. <laughs> yeah, I know mine get like that sometimes. Yeah. And and you know if you're feeling like, I feel like my quiet times have been kind of dry lately, it might just be that you've just kind of been phoning it in and, and you really haven't um, you really haven't been like pouring yourself into the process of connecting with God. So, so let that episode be a help to you, and then actually do your quiet times this week. There, this is this is it. There is, I don't think, any spiritual discipline that is more essential to living an abiding life because you can't abide in the Word if you don't know the Word. You can't abide in the love of Christ if you're not if you're not being reminded of the love of Christ as as captured in the New Testament. You know, you you can't. Bear good fruit and and have that vital connection to Jesus the vine, without listening to his commands so you've got to you've got to make sure that that is a a bedrock part of your spiritual life and your walk with Jesus. so do that this week uh, comment below, let us know how that went if you're watching on YouTube or or give us an email. We want to know what the problems are with your quiet time. what are the things that always hang you up? the things that kind of make your quiet times feel weak or dry um, what we are they the, things the quiet can... time robbers. Quiet time robbers, yeah. Call Talk about that in class 201. Yeah, just let us know how your quiet time's going and, and what are the areas you need to improve in because we might be able to do an episode to, to help you out a little bit more in the future as well. That is it. Any closing words from you, Jason? Uh, I'm just wondering if the snake's going to get that tiger. We'll see what happens. Something tells me they'll be locked in this death <laughs> match <laughs> for as long as this shirt remains. <laughs> Everybody, you know we love you, right? Yeah! I think you said yes out there. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new fresh one for you. Next week is going to be episode 120. Can you Oof, believe it? I I cannot. I genuinely but the paper tells me cannot. so. Yeah. If I, didn't have, if I didn't have digital proof that we've actually been going this long, I, I wouldn't have believed it either. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We really do appreciate you taking the time to do this and um, invest in your walk with Jesus. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, Subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.